Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. spirit would everybody in the room do that Lord we love you today we thank you God for who you are we invite you into this room we thank you God for your presence for your healing divine touch we need you God on this Wednesday night in the name of Jesus oh clap your hands and praise him praise God praise God praise God amen we, uh, you may be seated. Tonight we're going to do a little something different. Uh, we, are, we are going to teach you tonight about having a, a home Bible study group or home small group, what we'll call a small group. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, how many enjoyed our missions weekend? Wasn't that a blessing? <laughs> Hallelujah. Over, over in, in that there were... This, this church pledged over 87,000 to missions for 2021. I think we ought to thank God for that. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of our saints were gone out because of holiday weekend and or COVID-19. And so if you were not here, you can find the pledge cards uh, at, on the booths. You can find those there uh, to make your pledge toward missions. And we are blessed because we are missions-minded. We are. We believe in a global revival. And God has blessed us locally because we think globally. Man, can you say amen? And the commandment of the Lord was what? He said, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in where? Everybody say home. Then Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. It's sort of like starts in the city you're in, expands to the region, expands... Uh, uh, to the state, on to the world. It was never intended to stop with you. Do you believe that? Amen. I believe in 2021, and wrapping up now, 2020, it's hard to believe that 2020 is coming to a close. But we, uh, we are believing for a great year of harvest. The harvest is now. It's happening right now. What do you mean when you say harvest, Pastor? What I mean is souls gathering, gathering from the fields into the house of the Lord. It is time for the Anchor Church to embrace our mission locally now. There are thousands, tens of thousands of people that are in this area that are waiting on you. They're hungry. They're thinking about God. They're lonely. Just received the report today that Japan, 17,000 suicides, 2,000 COVID deaths. One of the reports said due to lockdowns, people are lonely. There is a crisis today, today, heard of three overdoses today, one after another. Had to deal with one personally that I've known for some time. Went to the home today. Overdoses, drug addiction. People are, have more connections than they've ever had. More connections than they've ever had. Facebook, social media, and they're lonelier than they've ever been. People, people don't need friendly. They need friends. They don't need a friendly church. They need a church that will be a friend to them. I want us to stand and pray for our city, pray for our circle. We're going to interact tonight and talk about small groups tonight. But right now, I want you to lift your hands and say, God, 
I want to reach the circle in my life, the circle that I'm in, the people that you placed in my circle. Help me, oh God, to become a soul winner, to become a person that can be depended on, to become dependable, oh God. Lord, to take your love, God, that you've given us, Shine it to the world, oh God. Help us, Lord, to reach Zanesville or the street that we live on. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. God bless you as you're seated. I do want to say that um, on the Sunday service, our missionary's wife, uh, she said, I, she came up and she began to tell about how deputizing here in the States and staying in their home in Michigan while they are here. She said, the Lord dealt with her and said, just because you're home in the States doesn't mean that you're no longer a missionary. And she said, uh, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, and God impressed upon her to reach her street that she lived on. So she sent out a message to everybody on her street, talked about a Bible study, talked about if you want to know more about God and you want to get to know people in our community, uh, let's connect, please contact me. And well, she set this up, started meeting with people in this, her street, um, and ended up six ladies showed up, which is outstanding. Six people that she didn't know responded who were interested in getting together and learning more about God and wanting to know their neighbors. One of them happened to be from the Middle East where uh, she's a missionary to. And that not that remarkable? And so one of the things we've said for weeks now is who's next in my life? God saved me. He said, what did he say? He said to Timothy, he said, the word won't only save you, but it's going to save them that what? So who's next in your life? So, and, and, and uh, what she said was so powerful. She said, I never do this. She said, but I'm saying this about reaching your street because God has dealt with some people at the anchor church to reach their street, but you haven't done it yet. You postponed it. And God had me to say this so you would reach the people that God has called you to reach. Isn't that powerful? I, I told her afterwards, would you hand me that? Is there a sign right there? We already have these made. We already have. This is a vision that we started back in March. Um, and, it, and the team put it, in, put it into motion to have these because we didn't know how long we would be quarantined. Limited. You can't no longer have 500 in this building. And so what do we do? What are we going to do? If it gets down to 25, it gets down to 10, we're not going to shut down completely ever again. It's just not helpful to people. Lockdown hurts people. Would you agree with that? I think we can do it safe. We can do it religious. We can do, uh, we can do it righteously. We can do it wisely. But when you look at it, we said we would start these small groups if they do mandates where you can't meet in a mass, um, in a, uh, a large gathering, and that you would have a yard sign that says the anchor church meets here. And you could have small groups meeting at your house. And how many know the Book of Acts church spread like wildfire? How? From house to house. Jesus sent his disciples from house to house. And uh, everybody say the anchor church meets here. What if the next step of this church was having Bible studies in your home on your street, reaching people in your neighborhood that are hungry for God? Doesn't that sound amazing? I believe God, man, most of you are scared to death here tonight. 
And I think we got to be careful. I don't want anybody in my house. I don't want to. You know what? I think we have to be careful that we don't want to meet new people. It's a mandate from God that we take the gospel. Do you know you would not be here if somebody didn't witness to somebody, either you or a family member? Somewhere somebody took time to reach out to you and discipled, ministered to, you, to your family so you could be here tonight. Somebody took time, personal time, to build a relationship with you or a family member so that now you have a relationship with God. I said this Sunday, I said, I want to live a life in such a way that those that do not know God but know me will come to know God because they know me. You're the light of the world. Elbow your neighbor and say, you're the light of the world. You're a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. I'm going to say this and we're going to move forward. But one pastor's wife went over and invited her neighbor to church, knocked her on the door. And uh, they were friends for many, many years, lived beside of her for many, many years. She knocked on the door. She said, I just want to come invite you to our church this weekend. And her neighbor started crying almost uncontrollably. She said, why are you crying? She said, I've waited for years for you to invite me to go to your church. We cannot have the mindset that people do not want Jesus. It's the last days. And he said, in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit up on all flesh. That means there's a hungry generation. Do you believe that? We are living in a hungry generation for the things of God. Amen, amen, amen. We have... Pastor Gators with us tonight, one of the greatest soul winners I've ever met, disciple makers. He has uh, the love of God in his heart, doing a tremendous job in McConnellsville. Things are really happening. And when we put him on staff and asked him to be on staff here, he came as an associate pastor of First Steps um, with, with people that were new coming to the Lord that he would mentor, disciple, and lead them. And uh, so we have, through this Brother Gators, and we, we appreciate him. Would you give him a hand? Don't we love? Amen. Brother Sister Gators, praise God. Um, what would you say? We're talking about home groups tonight, having, having a, a home group, uh, you know, a fellowship group or a home group in their home, reaching people in their circle, which we'll talk about. Um, Brother Gators, what, how, would you, how, would, how do you see or define a home group? Well, I would, I, I would define it as... Uh, a group of people gathering together, uh, restoring their lives back to God. Small group gathering together. It's uh, intentionally built off of um, relationships. Um, you know, y'all know I'm crazy. I'm just crazy sometimes, right? <laughs> I am crazy. But my wife says I'm a good crazy. So... <laughs> And so, in that small group, I think Bible study, which we were um, kind of a think tank table around this, what we're talking about this evening, but um, kind of just a, it's, it's built upon relationships, being normal. Um, you know, that small group, um, I think the mindset going into it, am I okay? Right? Yeah. I think the mindset going into it is, uh, for, for us, I think when you say, hey, you want to teach a Bible study, it's intimidating to some of us um, because we're human and some, uh, it's not that you don't know the gospel, but you might be afraid to take that step of faith. But everybody generally can relate to uh, food. 
How many like food in the house? Ribeye steak baptized in butter. You know, I'm not saying that every time if your budget, you know, gets that. But, but what I'm saying is, I mean, I don't know what the saying is. Um, food is the way to a man's heart or something like that. I don't know how the saying goes. But people can relate to food. So you, you would, I would say the small group helping restore their lives back to God, it might start out simply as just a, a meal. You're inviting them over to, we use a word called kicking it, you know, to hang out, right? And you would use food as an icebreaker. And uh, the more that uh, they would open and, you know, trust you uh, as a person um, that has a lot to do with soul winning, a person trusting you, uh, that you would begin to implement the word of God into their life. Um, I'll say one more thing on that, Pastor. Uh, that You can talk about food all night long. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> I'll to call everybody. <laughs> um, hey, you see you my bunch that? represent. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you remember that time Brother Nehemiah come to me? Yeah, it was, it was this time of year. He, he was worship leader at the church now. He hadn't been worship leader a long time, but Brother Nehemiah is a spiritual man, and uh, sometimes spiritual people can spiritualize things that shouldn't be spiritualized. True, true. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And he was new in this, and he came to me after church on a Sunday following Thanksgiving. He said, oh, pastor, there's something wrong with the church. (laughs) They're not worshiping like they should. Something Something wrong in the church. He said, you know what it is? I said, yeah. He said, what is it? I said, turkey. They've been eating pumpkin pie and turkey and mashed potatoes and rolls. They've been engorging themselves all weekend. They're not spiritual at all. You remember that? <laughs> just get out there and worship. We're just going to try it again next Sunday is what I told him. We just yeah. wait up on the Lord. Amen. True. And, and maybe kind of last point of um, starting this this evening and what is a home group? I mean, with that opening up, your home and, and be willing um, to do that as you uh, create relationships, uh, beginning obviously in the house of God or where you would go in the community intentionally. Um, that, you know, we're living epistles read of all men. They're going to see it in you first um, before, probably more likely before they open up a Bible, okay? So we're that example to them. Um, I would say when you go into Walmart and you try to win somebody, you're already teaching. You see what I'm saying? You're already teaching because you're trying to reach that person for God. So, sure. You know, one of the things I've tried to do is, is you know, it's, it's one thing to build a relationship with you people who almost all of you have a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, on any given Sunday, it should be the majority already know the Lord. Um, with some guests that may become that need to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. But Jesus went to unchurched people. And he said, go into all the world. And so what I personally try to do is I try to build relationships with people in town. Whether, I, whether I'm at a restaurant, I try to get the first name. And when I go, I try to sit in the same section, hopefully hoping that the same person will wait on me. And you know what you do as apostolics? You tip really well should never be a bad service and you not tip them. 
Well, I'm not going to tip them because my mashed potatoes weren't hot enough. Shame on you. You know, give them what they don't deserve. That's what God did for you. He gave you. It's called grace. And apostolics, remember, when you dress like an apostolic, you represent all of us. And when you go into a restaurant, you should be good. But you build a relationship with these people. I, I was at a Bob Evans, and, man, there was a, a waitress, and I heard a guy across the restaurant talking terrible to her. You could tell she's about to have a baby any minute. She sobbed so hard she had to leave. And I thought to myself, man, you know, she never wants to see him again. And, but God forbid any of us, and I don't think any of us would do that, but when we're in a restaurant, you intentionally go try to meet the same people. Why? Because churches grow and the kingdom grows at a rate of relationships that are built. And I try to go to the same place. I'm sort of like that anyhow. I'm a little bit methodical in what I do. I go to the same gas station, same tire shop. And I baptized this past year. I baptized a guy that's worked on my tires for years. Amen. That was intentional. That was intentional. And I tried again to come to church. I built a relationship, talked to him about his family, talked to him about things, and just because I'm a nice person. But I'm not saying we're just setting them up for, but you try to just build relationships with people. Get to know your community. Get to know your neighbors. Get to know the people around you. Everybody say, my circle. And get those people in your life. If everybody in your circle is saved, you need to expand your circle. That's good. He said you need to expand your circle. That's good. I'm moved by that. Timothy, it's going to save you, but it's also going to save them that what? I'm moved by that. The average person statistically, the people that win new people to church, you know who they are? New people. After two years in the church, most people never win anybody else to the Lord after they've been in church for two years. The highest majority of people won to the church are people that are converts two years old or younger. It's not the will of God. I'm going to say it again. That's not the will of God. We should be mission-driven that we, as a saint of God, a disciple of Jesus Christ, should be discipling somebody. Biblically, biblically mandated, every, y'all hear me? Every person in this room should be discipling somebody that's coming to the Lord. Everyone, biblically. And so that's what house groups is about. Somehow, culturally, we've developed that the pastor is the discipler. And that's not biblical. Everybody say sheep beget sheep. Doesn't mean that a pastor can't be a sheep and teach and beget sheep. But you're supposed to be having babies if you are. And this church really embraced that as well, you know. I think there's 10 already in 2020. But what I'm saying is you've got to learn that who am, who am I going to be leading to Christ? I feel convicted. I feel like giving an altar call right now. But that's what home group is about. And you don't win people to God by going and telling them they're going to hell. You win people to God by winning them to yourself. You start building a relationship. At some point, they're going to know that you have a light in you. Uh, what were you saying today that your Bible studies leading in? And one of the best I've ever seen. You know, he knows how to have fun. I'm going to tell you right now. Sometimes we have too much fun. And we eat real good, don't we? Yeah. 
But when you're doing a Bible study or you build relationships with people, at some point, they already know they have something missing, and they're going to start feeling that you have what's missing in their life. How do you how do you go in a home group, brother Gators? How do you how do you go from a home group uh, going from food and fun, and at some point you go into prayer and the Word? What what's your transition look like? Yeah, it, it it pretty much you know just it it, it evolves that way. You know they they know what you are, what you're about. Uh, living for God, so on and so forth, that it, it evolves going that way, you know, but it's, uh, that's why I say, I say food, and the Bible says compel them to come in, but you got to break up really, when I say break the ice, when we use the scriptures in term relating with that, that is you got to break up the fallow ground, I mean, you got, you got to get them open, right, to receive what you're going to say. And they have to know, too, it, it, they're going to know, man, they're going to know if you're real or you fake. Can I get a witness from somebody? Yeah. I'm, it's just the truth. They're going to know if you're real or you're fake or if you really love them or me, in, 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 in a way that you really want to see them be the best they can be, you know, in their life. Um, but using that um, and then it just, it just you know, we're sitting at the table, and I got my Bible there, you know. Um, and generally, we pro generally we uh, break bread after we eat. So then, you know, if they're hungry, they ain't going to go anywhere, right? They smelling. Let me see. What can I say? Ribeye baptized yeah. in butter. Fried potatoes with the onions. They, you know, smelling good up in the house. And you sitting there, and it's you, you're having a good time. And you open the word and those that the Lord comes, man. And there's so much joy. So much peace. It is. It's, it's, it's so much joy. It says, I can't remember specifically in Proverbs where it says it, but he says that he, one that refreshes someone else, so himself also will be refreshed. You know, you're feeling the same joy of them coming to God in your heart, or you're feeling that from, you know, the heart of God as well, too. And it's, it's joy, man. It's joy. And sometimes it's, it's, it's after the Bible study. They come in, we kick it, we sit down, and uh, a word of prayer. And if I can say something at that point that I'm not sitting at the table and if I can just animate it like this, I'm standing up and I'm talking in tongues. You know, I'm just normal. Just, Lord God, thank you, you mean, so much. You, you mean you're not giving tongues and interpretation, at the, interpretation at the dinner table before you? No, no. Just keeping it simple. Listen, I've seen people get in that they're having Bible studies, but they're so spiritual, they're trying to discern the spirit of the person. They're getting ready. Real serious look on their face. We got to cast some devils out here tonight. Well, I've seen some Bible studies where people go sour because they, they're so spiritual. They're not any, my dad would say they're so spiritual, they're not any earthly good. I mean, they're up there in the celestial somewhere, you know. And the people just want you to be normal. I, I think Jesus was amazing because Jesus could just sit down on the, on the, at the lake shore and, and, and eat fish with them. I mean, no, it was normal. And, uh, uh, but supernatural and powerful and, and amazing. And I think people come in, they're intimidated. When they're getting to know you, they just got to realize, people see me in a ball cap. I'm not, listen, if I'm doing a home Bible study, I'm, 
I don't have to dress this way. You know, we're looking decent, maybe some casual, but I see some of you all in the store. You don't even know how, who I am if I have a ball cap on. I'll wave at you and you go. I take my hat. The other day I had to take my hat. I saw somebody in the restaurant, and I, I went up, walked up to their table, and they were looking at me just this far. They were looking at me so strange. I, I'm five feet from them. I'm like, hey, it's good to see you. They look at me like this. I took my ball cap off. They knew who I was then. But when the people see you just in a suit and they just see you at church, there's a, a, a persona that goes with that. When they see you just on the down low, just normal, uh, you know what I mean, kicking it, he says, uh, they open up and they realize you're, you're normal. And they realize church people like to laugh. They like to have fun. You don't have any Bud Light. You don't have any marijuana. You don't have any pills. And you're laughing. Ain't never seen that before. And so they start realizing that, hey, this is clean fun. And this is, this is fun without guilt. This is, and I walk out of here feeling peace. And, uh, and, and breaking this down in a home group, you're talk, only talking about an hour to an hour and a half. You know, when somebody's been in your house, but when, when, when you're there and you, you eat, you've been hanging out, and you're getting to know each other, you say, is there anything we can pray about? I think every Bible study should start with prayer. Is there anything in your life that you're going through that I can take to God for you that we can pray about right now? And sometimes I've done that before. Sometimes I've done it after the Bible study. What can we pray about? And there's been times pre-COVID we'd actually hold hands and pray together, all of it. Well, my, my mom's sick. My grandma has this going through. We pray, and they feel like at that moment, you're, you're sincere and you care about them. How many is glad you have somebody that can pray with you? Can you say amen? And so uh, prayer and going into, uh, so, so somebody is, comes into your circle, uh, Brother Gators, and you, you have a, uh, a small group with them, and they come in and, are you fixing ribeyes, baptizing butter every single week? Because I'm coming if you are. No. We're going to all show up at the Gators' home, weren't we? Yeah. You're doing that every week. But Sister if you Anderson, want, we're coming. But if you want to give to help the budget out on the ribeyes, come on in. I'm just saying. No. No, I mean, you got. He's, he's already receiving an offering. Did you heard that yet? He showed up yet. <laughs> no, I mean, you can have snacks or whatever and, you know. You know, our, our theme next week, and I'm looking over at you, Sister Ashley. We having bacon. We having breakfast for dinner. See? With the, with the, we having the waffles with the butter and the syrup, and we having thick peppered bacon. Stop. And so. <laughs> We're stuck here for the next 25 minutes. Quit talking about food. Everybody and their mama's going to come. But wait a minute, it's a small group. It's not a big group. It's a small group. But, I mean, it, you know, and it just, the, the, it's, it's a vibe that God creates. You know what I'm saying? It it, yeah, to create its own culture. But it's fun. But then there's those deep spiritual moments as we're in the word and revelation comes and so on and so forth. And, you know, we pray. And but that can happen without a ribeye, right? It can happen without a ribeye. How about chips and dip? Happen with chips and dip. You know, sometimes we realize everybody can't, coffee's always good. Um, but learning hospitality. Sure. I'm going to say this to everybody, and this one will tell you. You've got to become passionate about reaching somebody that doesn't know Jesus. 
You have to become, it, it has to get in you, not guilt into you, but it has to get in you. I have to tell somebody. I remember being at a meeting, and they said, we want everybody that's ever won a soul to stand. I was at a youth convention, and I couldn't stand. Sister Iscardo, I couldn't stand. And I said to myself in that meeting, how is it that I've been raised in this and there's not one person in the kingdom that calls me? I was troubled by that. Everything God's done for me, and there's not one person in the kingdom because of me? Been there this all my life. I got troubled by it. I said, this and I said to myself, this is not going to happen again. I'm going to lead somebody to Jesus. The next year, I'd led a bunch of young. We had about 18 from my high school came to the Lord. 18. That's amazing. I'm telling you what, when you get hungry for it, God's going to put them in your path. I went to my dad and I said, Dad, you're a soul winner. I'm not. I said, I don't know how to win a soul. Would you teach me how to teach a Bible study? Would you do that? He said, yeah, I'm, I know he was busy, but it took time. I'd heard him teach him, but you know how it is. You were intimidated. He sat down and he showed me, showed me how to verses, taught, gave me a Bible study. I went and I started asking people at school. They, they'd, they'd ask me for prayer and I'd say, you know what? Why don't, uh, I'd be glad to do a Bible study with you. Would you like to do a Bible study? And it wasn't long until somebody was coming in and repenting, getting baptized, getting the Holy Ghost. We had a circle. I would stay. Everybody take your hand and say, my circle. You know what? They, they, they would come to my house, hang out in my house. I would go to their house, make sure they were coming to church. I was there. I was calling them when they weren't showing up for church. But I was discipling them. And what I'm saying to you is you've got to get somebody that doesn't know God in your circle. And you've got to get passionate. It, it, it has to bother you. You've got to get convicted. I want you to lift your hands all over this room and say, God, give me a burden for the lost. Give me a burden. <laughs> Give me a burden for the lost. If you're watching online right now, would you lift your hands as well? Say, God, help me to reach people with the gospel. Help me to reach people, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody says amen. And you know what? I, I didn't know how, I only knew how to cook grilled cheese then. They still got the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Man, you're putting us out here. We're talking about ribeyes. Uh, but... But it could be chips and dip, level of hospitality. Let me tell you, you'll never invest in a soul that God didn't give it all back. Listen to me. You'll never invest in reaching people that God doesn't fix the budget in your world. Jesus is all about the field. Do you believe that? He's all about reaching people. And so opening your home is what we're talking about. Maybe it ends up in their home. But when you're talking about house group, what does that look like? What, what does a, a home group look like? And you're telling us that when they come over and you'll just hang out with them for a little while and, and uh, then go to prayer and then there'll be time of the word. Some Bible study maybe you would suggest if they started, what would Bible study would you suggest? Into his marvelous light. That's a good one. How many have ever been taught into his marvelous light? How many have ever taught into his marvelous light? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very simple. It's, it's a fill in the blank. I've taught it so many times. And I typically go from rightly dividing, I mean, from in his marvelous light, rightly dividing the word. Uh, Brother Brent, Sister Crystal, wave your hand out there. How long have we been on Bible study together? A year, year and a half, two years? Uh, going close to two years. Almost every Wednesday, we meet and we have Bible study together. And uh, 
Brent has come back to the Lord. She's repented, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's just wonderful. So glad. And I'm going to tell you how that evolved. And Brent came to one of our services. He had been out, of the, since, I think, been out since you were 16. Is that correct? He was in our youth group years ago. I was his youth pastor. And he had moved away and come back in town. And he came in. He had watched one of the services online. And uh, he came back. He said, I don't want to be lost. I said, let's go pray. He and I walked to the altar. And watch. We came together. We came. To, I didn't say, you ought to go up there and go find Jesus. Man, we're on something right now. Nobody should have to go to the altar alone. That's not how it works. You come in with your guest. Is, 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 is Candace here tonight? She's not here tonight, but I see how y'all, uh, Brother Luke and Allison stand. Um, uh, they have been discipling Sister Candace, and uh, now her brother's been coming, and and uh, Michael comes with them, but they, they do a weekly Bible study with them. But when they're on the altar, they're down here with them. And be Why? Because nobody should have to do this by themselves. Can you say amen? amen. Twos and threes. and uh, Thank you. But they came down and we prayed together. And I said, let's do, let's, let's, uh, man, we prayed and kept in contact. His wife came, that Crystal came that night and uh, went over and sat and talked with her. And we arranged a Bible study. And so we, we would meet, hang out, and... Uh, they love the word. They come in with notebooks, pages of papers. And they've been studying together and praying. And uh, she even went to Texas one time. And uh, we Zoomed the Bible study while she was in Texas. I was teaching Brent. Do you remember that? We was talking about Jesus' name, baptism, glory to God. She was cooking while I was teaching. Brent, when Brent was with me. We Zoomed the Bible study. Hunger for God. Do you know how many tens of thousands of those? They're waiting for somebody to open up, somebody to befriend them, somebody to connect with them. And, and so in that Bible study, we, we do search for truth, and every week we're teaching it. And I, they'll tell you, I'm teaching them how to teach what I teach them. And they're reaching people. I think we ought to clap our hands and thank God for that. They're bringing people to the Lord, bringing people to the church. One week they showed up, their neighbor came in and never been in a church in his life. Am I telling the truth? Sit there. He had never heard about Calvary. He's 35, 37, approximately. Am I right? Had never heard about Calvary. Never heard about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It's not fair for us to hear it a thousand times and then not hear it once. And so you're opening your home. You're opening your life. And he came to the altar and prayed. And, and uh, still they're connected with him, connecting uh, with him. But um, brother, brother Gators, so how do you conclude a Bible study? Um, Is it an all-night prayer meeting? It's not an all-night prayer meeting. Uh, just a simple uh, another prayer yeah. kind of to end it and then pray over our food and then you know, we continue to fellowship a little after that as well, too. Yeah, I think it's good. And one of the greatest Bible study teachers I ever heard, his name is Wayne Huntley. He's a powerful preacher, but he's a home Bible study teacher. Built a powerful church in North Carolina. But he said, he said, should be about one hour if you want a, a long, consistent Bible study. Uh, Brent and Kristen would tell you, there's sometimes we meet 30, 45 minutes. And uh, one of the worst things you can do is have a long Bible study. Even if they're, the student is the one asking the questions and it lasts for three hours and next week they don't come, 
Not because they didn't want along when the week before, but when they look at their clock, they think, We're, I'd go, but we might be there for three hours. So it's the teacher's job and responsibility to have the understanding. It's from this time to this time. We'll be about one hour, no longer than 90 minutes. And that's, that's, that's fellowship and fun and the word. And when you conclude that, because you know what? You don't want to start a Bible study at 7 and have somebody at your house to 11. I don't care how good they are. You can't do that consistent. And sometimes people don't know they're supposed to leave. When you say, we can meet from 7 to 8. You're not hurting their feelings from 7 to 8, maybe 8.30. But I've got kids. They need to get in bed. I've got work tomorrow. And what do you want? You want to be able to mentor them, disciple them. If you're going from 7 to 11 every night, you're going to have a, you're going to have a group that does like this. It'll die. Every, I've done long Bible studies. None of them ever lasted. They're not in church today. Because went, I went too long. I went too long. I allowed it to go too long. But the ones I've kept short. Everybody say, leave them wanting more. Not feeling like they got too much. And so try to keep your 15 minute, 10 to 15 minutes of kicking it. Brother Nehemiah, can I use that word? All right. 30 to 45 minute Bible study. And you close with prayer and time. And have it scheduled again to come the next week. Go ahead. I, if, if I can say as far as like uh, not looking for. I mean you're generally trying to get to know them. They're, they're not a number. They're, they're a person that Jesus died for. And loving them and wanting, wanting to get to know them. But <clears throat> I want to say something as far as um, not looking for immediate results. Those will happen, but um, Brother Rose, we worked together at Denny's years before, you know, we we were here. And so then ran into him again as I worked at Olive Garden and then again seeing him again at um, Longhorn. And then eventually, you know, you know, the story he's in church today and involved in ministry and so on and so forth. But that wasn't an overnight thing. You know, it was that praying for them and then seeing them in the community and it was like you know you know wait you know I'm waiting for you to come bub love you praying for you you know god bless you know you know what i'm saying and then eventually coming and he was got baptized and and uh his wife came and and uh, but me and him was already in bible study and actually she came to the easter when we was down at seacrest and we were meeting on Thursdays for Bible study, and his his wife was taught, you know, some thir- certain things about doctrine or whatever. And we, um, I was like, listen, bro, I was like, let's pray. And we prayed, and she agreed to come to service. And I was like, listen, bro, she's going to be in two services. Let's pray that God will get her heart in one of them. And that's what we prayed. And then that second service that we had, because we ended up going to a daughter work service. I mean, long story short, she got baptized, and Jesus didn't come out speaking in tongues. I said, look, your wife's speaking in tongues right there. It was so powerful, which, you know, boosted his faith, and it happened to him. You know, he's seeing it in the Word, and, you know, this is real. This is right. So it might not be an overnight thing, but as our pastor taught us, consistency is a jewel. You know, how do you eat it? You know, elephant, I've heard that said one bite at a time. But just keep going, keep loving, keep living it. 
keep living your faith, staying saved, because they'll come back in your life, I guarantee you. Uh, they come back in your life, and, and it's a powerful thing. So, so when is not only the, maybe the narrowness, all right now, and sometimes those happen, but it's the longevity of your relationship also, but you know what I'm saying? I, make, I hope I'm making sense to you yeah, at that, that point. But. And I think that, uh, you know, here, here's what we can't do. I teach a Bible study today. They're, they're leaders tomorrow. No one plants a tomato seed today and expects tomatoes tomorrow. Uh, home group is this way, is you're connecting with people. You're building a relationship with them. Uh, I, I personally, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm, I'm not going to go plant tomato seeds out there right now. You know why? The ground's not ready. It's not, it's not time. I'm going to wait till the ground warms up. And that's the way it is when you're so winning, is you build relationships. Try to go to the tire shop. Try to go to the restaurant. Try to go to the same family dollar. I'm, I'm trying to build a relationship with somebody at family dollar right now. I, I go to the same one, hope to meet the same person, and learn their name, and trying to build a relationship, asking about, have they heard of this? Trying to build a relationship. Why? Eternity matters. My goodness, eternity matters. Every time I hear somebody dying, I feel guilty. Could I have done more? Could I have done more? There's a great question is maybe you're here and you're thinking, oh, man, I wish I could motivate you. You know, I met Brother Nehemiah in, in Olive Garden. I, got, I must have went a lot. And uh, that's where we connect. But there was a witness of the Spirit. When long he came to the church I pastored because of something he felt when I was at Olive Garden. I'd been in there with a bad attitude. He had never showed up. But there was love there. There was Christianity there. There was a connection that was being made. And, and, um, and so the question I, I want to ask you this, and I, I realize when we're talking about small groups, the question is going to be, what about COVID? We can't let COVID remove us from the kingdom of God. I do believe in its mandate. You've seen me practice that. You've heard me teach it. You've seen, seen, seen the things that we do here. But it doesn't mean we... We locked the church down until 2022. How can we do it? We've got to be wise. Everybody say this. Reach your circle. Where there's breakouts is where there's mass gatherings. It's, it's a lot of, lot of people get together, and, and that's where that seems to be happening. But you can reach your circle, and you can't reach 1,000 people until you reach one. And you've got to start focusing and being intentional. If everybody in this church in one year reached one, we would double if you did it again, I mean, in just a matter of years, you could reach the whole country if you just reached one a year and the person you reach would reach one a year. In 30 years, I forget how many people you could reach in 30 years doing it that way. But what I'm saying is if you would take time to reach one person and don't expect them to be as spiritual as you in three months. Take time. Everybody say, who is my circle? And, and I want you to turn there with me if you would grab your Bibles. We're almost done here tonight. And we're going to continue. Would you all be interested in a little bit of teaching on this? I see one hand up. Anybody else want to be interested in teaching this? Um, and if you would turn to the book of Luke, the book of Luke, and just, just hold it there for a minute. Luke, um, Luke chapter 10, Luke 10 but it's interesting is 
Simon Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, didn't he? How long had he known Jesus when he preached a message that changed the world? Three and a half years. Does anyone in the room know how Jesus and Simon Peter got connected? Anybody know? He was introduced to Jesus by his brother Andrew. How many know that? Andrew introduces Jesus, and somewhere it introduces Jesus to Simon Peter. Somewhere Simon Peter had a need, and you know what the need was in his life? He had a sick mother-in-law. We can go sideways with that right there, couldn't we? His mother-in-law was sick. Jesus goes to her house, prays for her, and she's instantly healed. Jesus ministered to Simon Peter's family before he was ever a disciple. In Luke 4, you'll find that. Jesus comes out down to the lake, Genesaret, when he's down there, the people are gathered around. He needs a boat to get in. Guess whose boat he got in? He got in Simon Peter's boat, and he teaches the multitude there. He borrows Simon Peter's boat. At the end of it, he told Simon Peter, because they hadn't been doing very good fishing, he said, cast your net out. When he cast his net out at the end of his sermon, guess what? More fish was in that net than he had ever seen. And he said, holler your buddies. If you see it in there, you don't need help. He hollers, James, John, help me get these fish in. That other little boat comes over. They put that boat together, and they pull them all ashore. And when Jesus gets out, he says to them, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. But before he said that, guess what? Simon Peter, when he saw the hand of God this close to his life, man, I feel like preaching to you right now. It started off with an introduction. He saw God do something for a family member. He, he is now Jesus is in being intentional about using his boat. When he sees the supernatural happen in his life, he falls to his feet, knees and said, I'm not worthy. You need to be away from me. I'm not worthy for you to be on my boat. I am a sinner. And Jesus begins to minister to him and then calls him to the ministry. It was started by a simple relationship that ended with a supernatural experience that caused the conversion that caused Simon Peter to change the world. What I'm saying to you is it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't just he walked up to the boat and said, come. There was, there was a relationship that was building there. I believe if we individually will be like Jesus in this, and say, I'm going to find somebody, I'm going to connect to somebody, and they're going, to, they're going to come to the Lord. Anybody want to see somebody in your life come to the Lord? Would you clap your hands if you want to see that happen? In Luke chapter 10, verse 29, but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, he said, who is my neighbor? Everybody say, who is my neighbor? Who's going to be that person in my Everybody say, who is my circle? Who's my neighbor? He goes from here, and guess who it is? He teaches on the good Samaritan that is walking down the road, and he finds a man that's been robbed, beaten, left half dead. And he takes him into his world, puts him on his own mule, takes him to the inn, and he finds a place to get him healed. He was explaining in the parable that if you see somebody in need, there's somebody in your path, that is your neighbor. Everybody say it, somebody 
that's in my path. They could be on your street. They could be in your family. They could be on the way to work at the gas station. They could be the bank teller. They could be the doctor. They could be somebody that is you went to school with, you connected to. What I'm saying is we have to open our eyes and see that if God's going to save anybody, he's going to lead them to somebody's circle. If God's going to save anybody, he's going to put them near one of his believers. Somebody say amen. The angel can't save them. You got two minutes and I'll be done. But I feel like preaching on a Wednesday night just for a minute. Angels aren't going to save him in Acts chapter 10. The angel told Cornelius, he said, send for Simon Peter. He's going to tell you what you need to do to be saved. And he sent somebody to Simon Peter's house and got him because if God's going to save anybody, he's going to put them next to a believer. Do you believe that? How many want God to put somebody next to you? If you do, stand to your feet and lift your hands and say, I want you, oh God, to put somebody in my path. I want you, Lord, to put somebody in my way. Help me to find somebody. In the name of Jesus, help me to find somebody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to be so caught up in my own world. I can't see the people you're putting in my world. I want you to, I want you to hold your arms like this. I want you to hold your arms. Hold as tight as you can. Pull if you can. You got to be careful that you protect your circle so much God can't put anybody else in it. It's a northern thing, and we need to repent of it. I'm going to tell you again, it's a northern thing. I don't need you. You don't need me. I'm good in the neighborhood, somebody said. Tell you, you go farther north, they, they get more reclusive. And it's not the will of God. I feel a rebuke coming on. It's not the will of God just because we're northern. You can't have southern hospitality. Can't have anybody over for dinner. Can't go out to dinner with anybody because they're not in your circle. The further north I go, the more I meet people that won't even wave at you because they don't know you. Down south, they wave at everybody. And they know you're not. And if, they, and if somebody waved at you and you missed it, you feel guilty all day long because you didn't wave back at a stranger. That's southern for you. We have to be careful. Are y'all hearing the teaching tonight? To become so recluse, so in our circle, so just me and my peeps that we can't reach people with the gospel. God didn't call your pastor to reach your circle. God called your pastor to reach you to reach your circle. I'm reaching for you. You've got to start reaching for them. I want you to clap your hands, respond to the word, whether you agree with it or not. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to expand our circle. Come on, you spouses, look at each other and say, we've got to expand our circle. We need somebody that will disciple. Somebody. I believe this. I, I, it's 7.58. I'll try to be done by 8, but I want everybody in the room that can to get on your knees and ask God to forgive you. Come on, I, everybody in the room, God, help me, Lord, not to have the mindset of being stuck, oh, God. Stuck in the northern mindset, a culture that doesn't allow anybody in, of distrust, of not needing or being needed. Lord, a spirit of inadequacy, oh God, help us to get away from that tonight. 
Help us, O oh Lord, to reach people, to reach co-workers, to reach people in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. I want you to tell the Lord, everybody in the building, God, forgive me. Forgive me, O oh God. Lord, let me open my life. Let me open my calendar. Let me open, Lord, maybe even my home. Lord, to help somebody get to know you, O oh God. Help us today, Jesus. Let our circle expand. Let our circle expand, O oh God, to somebody that's never heard. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody in the room, I want you to lift your voice and say, God, I don't want to go into eternity and I've never won anybody. Oh, I want to lead somebody to you, somebody out of bondage. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's somebody, somebody waiting on you. Somebody waiting on you. Hallelujah. Somebody's reaching. Somebody's needing you in their life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, let me pray. Let me pray for my neighbor. Let me seek God for my neighborhood, for my street. You placed us there. Help us reach them there. Oh Jesus. Oh God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. If you will, I want you to grab your phones that you have. Everybody in the room, grab your phone. I want you to go to notes or wherever you can put a note in there. I want you to go into that real quickly. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, help us. Help us. Somebody shout, help us, oh, God. How many feel convicted today? Anybody feel stirred? We don't want you to feel guilty. We want you to feel convicted. Somebody's on the job that God's placed on that job for you to reach. Right on that note right now, I want you to write your address. Write your address on that. Everybody say, I want to reach my street. Only way you can reach that is you got to find out some names. Start naming some people that's on your street. You can do last name, home. Start listing some names of people that's on your street. Can I ask you right now, how many of you God's been dealing with you on reaching your neighborhood? Would you raise your hand? Might only be one or two. One, two. I saw a hand over three, four, five, six. Anybody else? God's been speaking to you about reaching people in your neighborhood. I got my hand up. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. How are we going to do it? First of all, what do you got to do? You got to pray for them. If you don't know their names, you're not going to reach them. First thing you got to do is find their name. Start praying for them. Start covering their prayer. God starts opening doors. Amen. They need God. How many believe they need God? 
Look at your neighbor and say, but they need you. Amen. And uh, pray those names. And here's something you've got to do. You've got to take part of your schedule and, and remove it from busyness and use it for your street or use it for somebody in your life that you're going to put in, bring in your circle. You have to make time for discipleship. It's not going to be there. You have to make it happen. Something's got to go so this can happen because it becomes precedence or becomes priority. Can you say amen? And so uh, I want you to stand. Thank you, Brother Gators. How many enjoyed tonight? We want to be intentional. We want to be intentional. We do a lot of preaching around here, but we need some teaching like this. We're breaking it down. But I want you to take that phone in your hand. I want you to lift it to the Lord. That address, those names, and say, God, I'm going to be an example. I'm taking time today to pray over this. Lord, this is going to become a priority to me. This is going to become a primary purpose for me. We are going to invite people into our life. We're going to meet them. We're going to get to know them so they can get to know you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. The woman with the issue of blood said, I don't have to touch him. I just need to touch something that's touching him. So when it is that way, they won't have to know God immediately, but they need to touch something, be able to touch something that's touching him. I'm here touching him. I'm touching him. Somebody needs to be able to touch my life, though. Amen. Listen, if you need prayer tonight, something specific, come on to the altar. But we're going to dismiss you. Church is going to be powerful this weekend, Saturday at 7, 8.30, 10.30, prayer at 6. Brother Noe Berrientos uh, is going to be ministering this weekend. You, you want to hear what he's got to say. It's going to be powerful. But we're looking forward to this weekend. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.